happy Easter, everyone. Uh, just want to say good morning wherever you find yourself today. Um, my name's San, part of this church community as well. What a powerful, powerful story. And the amazing thing is about that story is that it's true. There's a few of us in this, this room today, and as you listen to that again, however you find yourself listening at home, we, we pray, I pray that this would be a truth again that would do something something in our hearts. As Katie said brilliantly right at the beginning, wherever you find yourself, maybe you know Jesus, maybe you don't know Jesus, but you're listening in. We pray, I pray, that we'd all encounter him in fresh ways today. Do you know, Christmas and Easter, don't worry, I wasn't going to forget what season we're in. Christmas and Easter are really the bookends of the Christian faith. It started at the beginning, like Susie said, brilliant story, in a garden. But Christmas and Easter are the bookends of everything we are and all that we do to celebrate. You know, Christmas, we remember the God of the universe, the one who made everything. He put on flesh. He put on humanity to come and be with us, human beings, to identify with us, to live with us. Emmanuel, we remember, God with us. But then Easter. Easter is the time that we remember how this God went to the cross carrying, as Susie said, all of our sin all of our sorrow on his shoulders, but then three days later, he rose again. So this is why we're celebrating today. Today is an incredibly, incredibly good day. If you, if you have a Bible, you might not. Why don't you turn to 1 Corinthians? It will come up, as I said last week, here, kind of here. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just want to quickly put this in context. This was written by a guy who hated Jesus originally. He wanted to stop the message of the Christian faith. He hated Christians, you and I. He hated us. He wanted to stop this message quick, smart and kill it. But then he encountered Jesus. And I've been thinking about Paul recently. This is a guy called Paul who wrote this. What would, what would his story be if he had one of these cardboard testimonies? You know, on one side, absolutely despised Jesus. But because he's alive, because of Jesus, as he flips it, I'm now his biggest fan. <laughs> you know, this is who we're dealing with, who, who wrote this. So listen to these few verses, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 to 7. He says, what I received, basically the gospel, the good news of Jesus, my life transformed. What I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried in a tomb and that he was raised on the third day all in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of all, still alive, though some have fallen asleep. It's not like some have crashed out. It's like some have died. Some of these people have died. Then he appeared to James, then all the other apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me. Paul says he was one abnormally born, I think it's because his heart is broken and he's humbled to realise who Jesus is. So he died, he was buried, he rose again and he appeared. This is what Easter is celebrating. This is what Easter resembles right now. What we're celebrating today is really the climax of it all, his life and his ministry. Now, Jesus had a completely different way of living. He had a completely different life that he wanted to offer humanity into. His shocking betrayal by one of his closest friends, his shameful and painful and grotesque 
death upon a cross, carrying our brokenness, his burial and his resurrection three days later. Jesus is alive. Friends, Jesus is alive. This is a simplistic hope of the gospel, of the Christian message, but it's so powerful. Jesus is alive. You know, everything hangs off this reality. If Jesus had not risen from death itself, then my friend Andy and Andy, the two Andys, <laughs> Joe and Abby and Katie and me and the crew here, we're, we're actually to be pitied. The Bible says if Jesus isn't alive, then we are mad for what we're saying today. Everything falls to bits. It's like a thread that's pulled out and everything crumbles. The foundation, the cornerstone is removed and everything falls to bits. Utterly pointless. But if true, if Jesus is in fact alive, then it changes everything. Absolutely everything. Jesus appearing to Mary. Imagine what she must have gone through. Her, her saviour, who she believed the saviour of the world, was tortured and killed in front of her eyes, buried in a cold tomb. She comes back three days later to prepare the body and he's gone. And then she encounters him. Imagine just the joy in her heart. It's real, it's true, he's alive. Then all these disciples, Thomas, unless I can touch him, I'm not gonna believe this rubbish, but he does. He drops to his knees, my Lord, my God. Then from there, this message that spreads throughout the known world throughout history, century after century after century, like this has changed lives. Millions upon millions and millions and millions of people have been transformed by the reality that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive, all because of Jesus. I love those cardboard stories that we did right at the start. Young people, old people, in-betweeny people, like flipping stories over to say, this is how life was. Now I have hope. Now I have peace. I think someone put, now we have hope. Now I know I'm unconditionally loved. My spine is straight. It's ridiculous. All because Jesus is alive. Now, I want to share a little bit of my story. Um, 20 years ago, uh, Jesus changed my life. Inside out, upside down, back to front. All because he's alive, right? <laughs> My life completely, in a millisecond, everything changed for me that would never be the same again. This might be true for you as well, but as, for as long as I could remember, I had some deep, soul-searching questions within. Man, I wanted to desperately try to make sense of life, the craziness of life, my life, your life, the world around us. I wanted to desperately make sense of this gig we call life. Why am I here? How did I get here? What happens next? Is there a next? Just think for a moment the feelings that stir up in our hearts. You know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not the cleverest of people, but you know what? I could not settle for random chance, evolution. It just did not compute in my heart. If we just evolved from something, why love? Like, why do we love? Where does that come from? Where does hate come from and jealousy and lust and pride? And where do these feelings come from? F from just evolving. Think for a moment. I just could not compute. Like the deepest of all is love, right? 
Where does that come from? I always had a, a sense that I'm here for a reason. My mum always told me I was special. But I had, I had a sense that, man, we're here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. And, and deep, this might sound weird, but I thought, no, look, I, there's a special reason why we're here. There's a special reason why we're here. Maybe you're listening and thinking, I've always thought the same. I'm here for a reason. It can't be for nothing. It can't be random. No way. It just can't be. There's something greater than me. That's what I always thought. There's something greater, some bigger force out there that's much bigger than me, much bigger than you, much bigger than us. But nothing seemed to satisfy. Wherever I went to get these questions answered, people, places, things, possessions, money, relationships, alcohol, drugs, nothing, nothing satisfied. Nothing filled that void. Actually, the more I tried to fill it, the deeper it got. Whether it's booze, just to, just to shut out the voices, to shut out the pain, it just got deeper. Drugs just got deeper. Things, money, possessions just got deeper. Relationships never truly satisfied. You know, I'm from a broken family, like many of you listening. I had so much hurt growing up, like so much pain. Didn't feel wanted, felt alone. Uh, Deep-rooted insecurities. I grew up striving for acceptance, for meaning, for purpose, for belonging. I just wanted someone to desperately tell me I belonged. My mum tried her best and she did an incredible job. I just wanted people, friends, groups to say, hey, we like you, we want you, you matter. So I strived, I searched everywhere for love in all the wrong places, everywhere. Maybe that's true for you as well. You know, within my family, there was some addiction at the most deepest level, deep-rooted addiction, addiction in my life for many, many years. I struggled with drugs, alcohol, amphetamines, which are drugs, um, for many years. And the more I tried to just shut out those voices, the more I tried to search for belonging, just to ease the pain, just to help me breathe a little bit, although so I thought, it just masked it. It just alleviated for a second, but it actually pushed things deeper and deeper and deeper. I was pretty trapped in drug addiction for many years. Cocaine and speed were my drug of choice. Um, and I thought life was good. I thought I, I, I had money. I was in a, I, my friends, just an amazing group of friends and we were going out partying and man, I was blind to all this. I thought this was good. And my savior was cocaine, quite honestly, or, or so I thought, but I was trapped from the inside out. It robbed from me, it lied to me. I did terrible things to people, to myself, I lied, I cheated. I was lost, totally, totally lost. I happened to be working with a guy called Gaz, my good friend Gary. With a group of guys, we worked in a, a double glazing factory. I know, what a great job. Sorry for those listening that working in double glazed factories. Uh, sorry. Um, 
me, me and my friend Gary were sat on a forklift truck and I used to watch Gary. Imagine this, group of guys, we used to make fun of Gary, used to think he belonged to the God Squad. And, but little did Gary know, I used to watch his life, not in a creepy way, but I used to watch him. Because I used to think to myself, Gary, I think you're a real man. I don't know who I am, but I'm broken. But who I'm looking at is some, something of realness, of authenticity, of truth. Someone that loved his wife, his kids. He honoured the company we work for. He, was in, he had integrity. He was true. He was honest. We had a lot of bravado, our little gang in the warehouse. But every time I looked at Gary, he was our shift leader as well. I thought, you're a real man. Remember, we're sat on a forklift truck, no one else around. And I said, come on then, Gaz. What is this stuff you believe? And he told me about Jesus in the most beautiful way that I'd ever heard. I'd never heard, I'd heard religion and I didn't want to borrow that. But he told me about Jesus and that I could have my own real relationship with Jesus. And he said, there's going to be an eternal party going on. And he said, Sam, I've got a ticket and I'm in, but you need to get your own ticket. And Jesus has, because he knew I liked partying. <laughs> he said, you need to go to Jesus for this ticket. And I sat in this forklift truck like a little lost boy, <laughs> but thinking it was like a light had gone on in my heart, like this seed Gary had implanted. And he you know, scuttled away, thanks guys, yeah. And he said, if you ever want to come to church with me, I'll be on this corner Sunday morning. If you're there, get in the car, I'll drive you. If not, cool, I'll see you Monday. Every week I stood him up. I'll be there, Gaz. I went out partying, stood him up, saw him back in work on Monday. Maybe next week, Gaz, he said, yeah, yeah, cool, I'll, I'll be there. Week after week, stood him up. One Sunday I did go to church and uh, my now wife as well uh, was going to the same church. She grew up in a Christian home, fell away from Jesus for many years, went to uni, did her own thing, partied, but then came back to God in the most beautiful, powerful way. Jesus changed, rocked her heart, changed her heart. She'd become even more beautiful. We were friends and I kind of chased her into church as well. She started going to the same church that Gaz was going to. It's like, whoa, this is random. But I could see what God was doing now, looking back. I remember walking into this place thinking, what a bunch of weird people, but wonderful people. It was a family. Was, I, I knew I'd walked into a family that I'd never known. Realness, rawness, honest people, normal people, dressed normal, spoke normal, but they had this love that I wanted in. Cut a long, very long story short. I remember seeing people with their hands in the air, just thinking, this is weird. I love being here. Would go out, then getting smashed with my friends doing cocaine, and then come back to church on a Sunday. It was just odd. They invited me to do an Alpha course. We could just find out a little bit more about Jesus, the Christian faith. It was amazing. We're in someone's front room watching this guy called Nicky Gumble on VHS. You remember? Had videos back in 17,000 years ago. But I went every Wednesday night, week after week after week, and something started going on in my heart. It was like a, a fire. In Luke's gospel, when Jesus had risen from death, it says that they, two of his friends were walking along this road and Jesus appeared to them and started talking to them. And it said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he, when he spoke to us? 
I was reminded of this when I was thinking about today. It was like I was week after week listening to different aspects of the Christian faith, who Jesus is, what he came to do, what God thinks of us, what God's plan is forever. And my heart, it was like, didn't my heart begin to burn? I heard what Jesus had done for us. Just this simple verse in John's gospel. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. I listened to this man say this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, and I thought to myself, I'm a whoever. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I thought to myself, man, this is too good to be true. If only this man knew what I'd done, what I'd said, who I'd hurt. Jesus didn't come for me. And they rammed it home. For God so loved the world. People around me saying, God so loved you. Can you see what he's done for you? People began to tell me what he did for rebels and robbers and sinners like us. Humanity. And I realised I was whoever. And then someone just led us in a very simple prayer. I'd searched for all my life. Then I heard this message. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And do you know what? I was like, man, I want that. I want that. And someone, someone just said, Does, if anyone would like to become a Christian, and my hand shot up in the air, and it's like week five. I was like, I've got so many questions. Like, why? Why, why, why? But my hand was ready. My heart was ready. And I received Christ. Someone led me in a very simple prayer and it was like love was being poured on the inside of my heart. I'd searched all my life for love. I had never known a love like this. No drug, no amount of booze, no relationship could ever do. This moment, I can feel it again now. It's Wednesday evening. I think it was an October night and this love was being poured in and I shut my eyes. They said, just close your eyes and put your hands out. I thought, odd, but okay. And it felt like everyone in the room had come round and started hugging me. And genuinely, I was like, oh, you lovely Christians in my heart. And I opened my eye like that and no one was near me. And it felt like God knew exactly what I needed and he was kind of hugging me in. And it, I heard in my heart, not audibly, but in my heart, San, I love you, I know you, and it's now time to choose. And then I heard him say, and I'm having those bags. And I knew he meant the bags of cocaine that we used to carry. And in that moment, when I said yes to Jesus, I felt this root of drug addiction just be pulled out of my heart. From that moment, I never touched another drug. From that moment, drugs put me in hospital. They, they made me do crazy things. I could not do it. I thought it would be the end of me. Jesus transformed everything in a moment. I left that house sobbing like a baby. I wanted to knock on every door, shout through the letterbox, Jesus is alive. Like, do you know Jesus is real? I was that guy. Friends, Jesus is alive. Jesus is real and he transforms us on the inside out. 20 years on, I'm following Christ. Life isn't easy. 
We've lost people. People do crazy things. We get hurt. We suffer. We bleed. We die. But Jesus has made all things new that we will live with him forever. Life isn't easy, but there's a hope in my heart. And Jesus is with us every step of the way, every day. I want to invite the band back up. We're going we're gonna to sing another song as we worship this risen Saviour, but I want to give an opportunity for prayer before we do that. Man, I always get emotional when I think of the story, because it's real, right? Think of your own story. Think of your own story. Jesus is real. 20 years on for me, man, I'm, I'm here with this wonderful community. I'm standing before camera speaking to you about Jesus. This was never the plan. This was never the plan. But I want you to know about Jesus. I want you to encounter Jesus. We're going to pray together. Then I'm going to hand over to these guys. So 20 years ago, someone led me in a very, very real and simple and raw prayer. And I want to extend the same invitation to you today. Remember my friend Susie, right at the start of this, a story that Susie shared? She said, there's an invitation to you and me to exchange our sin and our sorrow for his light and his life, to walk and talk with our creator, our saviour. And friends, the invitation cost him dearly, but it's extended to us freely. This invitation cost Jesus everything, but he extends it to you freely. He says, come one, come all. Yeah, but do you know what I've done? No, but he does. He died upon a wooden cross for our sin, our sorrow, our shame, our guilt, our pain to exchange our life for his life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. These words set a fire in my heart and I pray they'll set a fire in your heart today. So if you want to receive Christ, you can do so right now. Maybe you followed him for years and you think, man, I've, I've, I've not. Wherever you find yourself, just say these simple statements after me. Maybe close your eyes and repeat after me. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. Jesus, I believe you died and you rose again to set me free. Jesus, please come into my life and wash me, cleanse me, forgive me and make me new. Today, Jesus, I choose to follow you as my Saviour and my Lord. Please empower me by your Holy Spirit. Amen.